From the K-Rob Collection, this is Audio Antiques, featuring programs from the golden age of American radio. I'm Ken Robinson. Horror and fantasy shows appeared on radio nearly from the very start. The first horror drama during radio's golden age was The Witch's Tale, which was aired from 1931 to 1938. It featured Old Nancy, the Witch of Salem, who introduced a different terror tale each week. You'll hear an episode from 1937. Another early horror program was Lights Out, which was started in 1934 and eventually made it to television. We have an episode from 1939. As well as popular series Inner Sanctum and The Sealed Book, both from 1945. And we'll end our horror fest with the show Quiet Please from 1947. That program was unique in that most episodes featured no more than two or three actors. Bring your finances into the 21st century with a My Checking account at Nationwide Bank, powered by Axos. My Checking is designed so you can bank on your terms. This account offers unlimited domestic ATM fee reimbursements, no monthly maintenance fees, and no minimum balance requirements. Nationwide Bank offers Direct Deposit Express, so you can receive your paycheck up to two days earlier. Plus, there's a free app so you can bank on your phone no matter where you are. Open a new My Checking account at krobcollection.com and receive $20. If you are a new Nationwide or Axos Bank customer and deposit $500 into your account within 90 days. Nationwide is on your side with a $20 gift for opening a free My Checking account powered by Axos. Get full details at krobcollection.com. The Witch's Tale. The fascination of the eerie. Weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. They are waiting, waiting for you now. than 17-year-old I be today. Yes, sir, a hundred and seventeen-year-old. <laughs> well, Satan, this be a nice night for one of our cheerful little bedtime stories, yes? <laughs> oh, Satan's going to yarn to fit just such a night as this. <laughs> Satan, tell everyone to douse their light. That's it. Now draw up to the fire and gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep, and soon you'll see a dusty road way out in California in the year of 1852. 
Now down that road, you'll hear a horseman riding. As he rides into our story, we'll begin. And it's what we call four fingers on a thumb. <laughs> four fingers and a thumb. <laughs> travel alone when I can find a sociable fella to talk to. You going to the mine on business? Well, Cash sent in word by one of his Chinamen that he was itching to play a little stud poke this evening. Yeah, like everybody else in these parts, I think he's a low-down, dirty skunk. Well, if he wants to risk his money against mine, there's no reason why I shouldn't let him do it. Cash is a good card player. Yeah, and the boys have got an idea that you're deliberately easy with him. Well, they're entitled to their opinion, I reckon. Burke, I want to talk to you like a Dutch uncle and to warn you. Warn me? Yes. You ain't deceiving anybody by your actions, Cash Pelton least of all. Then I guess I don't understand you. Well, here it is in plain words, then. You're crazy about Cash's wife and... She's crazy about you. Cash is old enough to be her father. And someone ought to bash his head in for the way he treats her. Unless you come out bold and take her away from him mighty quick, he's going to get you some way. Cash has no reason to be jealous of me. Decent women neither respect or fall in love with my kind, Dan. I make my living with my wits and four trained fingers and a thumb. You're a square gambler, Dick Burke. Well, how are you getting along with the Chinese at the mine, Dan? Do you dislike them as much as ever? And don't every decent white man in California despise the yellow devils, except in you? Well, they're mostly clean, conscientious, and honest. Yeah, you wag your tongue too free sometimes defending them heathens. The general feeling again them is getting higher all the time. You know, I lived in China for nigh on five years, Dan. Yeah, that's where I learned the fine points of gambling. And I also learned the Chinese are mighty fine people if you treat them right. Uh, maybe so. But you better not be spouting such ideas to anyone but a friend like me. Round here, if it was thought you looked on Chinamen as equals, you'd just have to close your card room and get out of town. Yeah, I know. But I don't want to leave this town yet. Mm, I know that. Well, there's Cash's house ahead of us. And it looks like Mrs. Pulton is standing by the road. Yeah, I see. Well, I'll turn off here. See you later, boy. Good night, Dan. I've been watching for you, Mr. Daly. You must go back the way you came before Cash sees you. Go back? Why, he sent word for me to come here. I know. If you play cards with him tonight, no other white man in this county will ever play with you again. Why? He's got a Chinaman waiting in the house to join your game. A Chinaman? Yeah, Chang Lu, who's head man among the coolies. Oh, Cash hates you, Mr. Daly. If you play, he means to spread the word around and ruin you. And if you don't play, well, he's got a gun strapped on his hip, and he's been drinking. But if I go away, he'll know you warned me. Oh, he won't hurt me. Say, why do you keep that side of your face turned away from me, Mrs. Pelton? You kept it so ever since you came to meet me. Let me see. No, no. I thought so. It's all bruised where he's hit you again. Oh, Cash ain't ever hit me. And anyway, there's nothing you can do, nothing. Oh, if only you'd give me the right. I've never said it before. But you've known it without my saying that I love you. 
Just as cash is known as... Oh, don't. I'm dealing a square hand, Susan. Let me send you to my sister in Virginia till you get a divorce. Then let me come and marry you. Or marry some other fellow who's a whole lot better just so you could get away from this. Oh, there couldn't be anybody better. Susan... You mean... Oh, I mean I married Cash Pelton for better or for worse, and there's nothing to be done about it. There is. No, please go away now. Uh, hey, me, Burgaley. <laughs> Show my little wife when to meet you, Daly. Well, hurry up. My fingers are itching for the cards. So am I, Cash. What are you going to do? Play. But it'll ruin you to play with a chink. I'll gamble on that. Oh, you mustn't. Quiet. Oh, come on, Daly. Table, cards, and whiskey all waiting. All you gotta do is lay your money down and meet the fellow who's gonna make our third. Come here, Chang Lu. I want you to meet a friend of mine. This humble person is honored to stand before the most excellent Mr. Daly. I am very pleased to meet you, Mr. Chang. Huh? And I shall be pleased to play cards with you. You're willing to shake hands, too, with a Chinaman. It's a custom to shake hands with the friends of your host. I, I clasp esteemed hand in spirit which offers it. It is written... that four fingers and a thumb extended in friendship... Greater than 10,000 hands coming with swords. And another sage of your country has said, evil plans rebound upon the planner. I knew a namesake of yours, Mr. Chang. You refer to the sorcerer, Chang Lu? Sorcerer? Yes. Are you of his family? It is my privilege to honor a great man of whom you speak of his revered ancestor, wise student. <laughs> they say his magic powers were transmitted to his descendants. That'll make you a dangerous man to play stud poker with. <laughs> Sit down. And no one around here better try any magic with these cards. Four fingers and a thumb which steal the cards are servants of the soul. They can only do evil if evil soul commands them. That's also the case when a man's hand is doubled to hit a woman. What do you mean by that? I was just thinking. Cut for deal. So... You get out of here. Yes, Cash. I've got a hunch this is going to be my night, Mr. Daly. Tonight, I'm out to win. We may anticipate pleasant game. five you got shown don't look like much to me, Daly. My two pair raises you a hundred. The wise man does not go to war unarmed. I prudently withdraw. Let's raise it another five hundred cash. If you got me beat again... There's only one way to find out. You can't bluff me. I'll see you. Only see me? Haven't you got a full house cash? Yes, I got a full house. And here it is. And if you got another five in the hole... Here it is. I never saw such luck. If it's only luck. It's only luck and purpose. Your deal, Mr. Chang. Well, I'm quitting for a while to stretch my legs. <laughs> Walking around your chair don't do much good, Cash. Why not try unbuckling that pistol from your belt? 
Guns in a friendly game is most unlucky to the wearers. You don't mind about this gun. Oh, it doesn't bother me. It's you I'm thinking of. Well, you better just think of yourself. I'm thinking of me, too. I... uh, So, so, bring me another bottle of whiskey. Yes, Cash. It's pretty late. Be a good idea, don't you think, to let your wife go to bed and get some sleep instead of totting liquor. You're giving a little more advice than is wanted around here, Daly. I'm here tonight to give you only what you asked for. What do you mean by that? What do you think I mean? Here's the whiskey, Cash. I'll tell you what I think now, while she's here. So listen. Cash. So, you told him tonight was to be a showdown between him and me. That's why you sneak outside to meet him. But you walked into it anyway, Daly, thinking you'd find a way to bluff yourself out. Well, you won't. Tomorrow I spread the news that you played cards with his heathen Chinese. And if that don't drive you out of town, I'm coming gunning for you. You haven't nerve enough to gun for me. By God, I'll do it now. Don't draw that gun. Not. My, my wrist. <clears throat> That's a trick I learned in China. And now you'll get your showdown. Don't shoot. No. I don't use a pistol on an unarmed man. I'm going to throw this gun into that far corner, Cash, and the best man gets it. We start even now. No, no, Come on. no, no, no. I'm coming. No, no, Stop them, Chandler. Stop them. Manchester, they cannot be altered. Don't stand there. Stop them. A good clock does not strike before the hour. Back. He's drawn a knife. Fight fair, Cash. Fair. I'm going to kill you, lover. Chandler. Now, destiny time is here. Get out of this, Chinese. Look out, Chang Lu. That knife. I got you now, Cash. Uh, gotcha. Burke. A good blow. You have felled him into the land of sleep, Mr. Daly, from which he will presently return more sober, if no less evil. If you hadn't stepped in, he'd have got me. There's blood dripping from your sleeve, Chang Lu. His knife struck you. Hey, Mayor. Nothing for a friend. Oh! Susan. Look, on the floor. God. Yes, his blow cut off my unworthy hand. Chang Lu. Accept it as payment for four fingers and a thumb extended to one of a despised race in gracious spirit. Get a bandage, Susan. Then run for old Dan and send him for a doctor. Right away. You trouble too much. Destiny cannot be altered. Holy Mithenia. But four fingers and a thumb, though severed, are still servants of the soul. Tell unworthy Mr. Cash Pelton that when he recovers... What? What did he mean by that? I don't know.
You're sure he's going to live, Bert? You heard the doctor say we stopped the blood in time. But maybe we should have stayed back with the chink in his shack. Ah, uh, he's better left with his own people. Chang Lu has a mighty honored name among those Chinese. They'll take care of him. They, they may avenge him, too. You told Cash that when he come to. And I wasn't fooling. They know they can't expect any justice from the law around here. You didn't tell him what Chang Lu said to tell him, Lu, just before he fainted away. Oh, that didn't make sense. We're almost back to your house, Sue. And your husband. If you never knew what sort of a rat he was before, you learned it tonight. Oh, you've got to let me take you to my sister in Virginia. No, no, Burke. Still for better or for worse, huh? Yes. Till death do us part is part of the marriage service, too. I can do something about that. Oh, don't talk that way. Ain't I seen enough fighting and blood tonight? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'm not the killing sort anyway. If I was, I'd have finished cash when I took his gun away. I'm glad. That's why I really love you, Burke. Susan. Don't try to kiss me, please. As you can't kill, I can't cheat. I know. Reckon fools like us just have to wait for destiny to help us out. Or finish us altogether. When I was begging Chang Lu to stop your fighting, he talked about destiny as if he could read it. You weren't serious tonight when you said his family were magicians. If poor Chang had had any magic. He'd have used it to save his hand, I reckon. Of course. But he said such funny things. Here's the house. I'll take you inside. But Cash... I've got his gun and knife. Besides, he'll be too busy worrying what the Chinese are going to do with him to start anything new with me. Come on. Burke. Burke, look on that door. God. Chang Lu's severed hand. Someone's nailed it there. And that someone was me. Cash! Why did you step inside and I'll tell you? He's got another gun. You bet I have. Stick up your hands, Daly, and come inside, both of you. Aren't you facing trouble enough as it is, Cash? You two are going to get me out of trouble with them Chinamen. What do you mean? First, give me that pistol you took away tonight and hold it by the barrel. Burke. Here it is. That's fine. Now sit down. And don't worry, for I ain't gonna hurt you if you do just like I say. Before you, the doctor and old Dan carried Chang Lu away from here. You told me plenty about what his people are like to do to me daily. But I've been thinking of a way to stop that with your help. I don't get you. You will. I know something about Chinamen the same as you. I know they're gamblers and that every gambler hates a cheat. All of us are going to swear that I cut off Chang's hand because we caught him cheating. Are you crazy? Yeah, like a fox. Neither of you are going to be out of my sight until you tell that story where it's got to be told. And I'll have a gun on you every minute till you tell it. They won't believe it if we do tell it. I've thought of that. That's why I nailed that hand outside the door. It's going to be the clincher. When they see that, they're going to feel sure a man with nerve enough to put it there is in the right. I'll never back you up in such a rotten if lie. you don't, you'll get a bullet in your heart. Cash! I mean what I say. Someone's knocking. It may be the Chinese now. Open the door, Sue. And remember... I'll do whatever you say, Burke. You... He'll do what I say, too. 
Open that door. There's no one here. Someone knocked twice. I know, but they're gone. Well, let me see. Well, that's funny. No one inside. Guess we didn't hear no knocking. Close the door. There it is again. What the? There's still no one here. But we heard it that time, sure. There's old Dan. He's the one who... He's 50 yards away. Dan, were you were knocking at this door? How could I be knocking? I just come to your house to tell you that Chang Lu is dead. Dead? Chang Lu? The doctor said he'd get well. The doc was wrong. Chang came out of his paint, asked for time, then said he'd be dead in just five minutes. And he was. He knew when he was going to die? Yep. And his last words was a message to you, Cash. Seems he wanted to tell you that four fingers and a thumb are always servants of the soul. What? That knocking again. Beside me. It's a hand on the door. It's moving. Pulling loose from the nail. The thing's alive. Oh, it's dropped to the ground. It's coming towards me. It's climbing up your leg. Knock it loose. Who wants to reach me throat? Ah! It's falling off. There it goes through the grass. But it'll come back again. It'll come back to kill me. Four dead fingers on a thumb. You sure it can't get in here? Oh, you sure it can't get in? You barred the doors, closed and shut at every window. And you've been over the house a hundred times to make certain nothing bigger than a fly can enter. But this is a dead thing. Ghosts can enter anywhere. That hand is flesh and bone, Cash. Yeah, dead flesh and bone that moves like something living. I can still feel its clutching fingers as it tried to clamber up my leg. That was near an hour ago, and we ain't seen or nor heard it since. Maybe we'll never see it again. No, it'll come back. Come back for me. Because his soul is directing them four fingers and a thumb, just like he said. You won't leave me, you two. I'd go plumb crazy if I had to wait alone. Daily, I've even gone down on my knees to say I'm sorry for what I've done to you and Sue. I'll go down on my knees again if you'll swear that you won't leave me. Ah, for God's sake, stop that and try to be a man. We've said we'd stay. I wouldn't leave even you to face that thing alone. Oh, I still can't believe we really saw it. We really saw it, Bert. I saw it, heard it, felt it. Oh, Dan ran away after it. It happened, Cash, and... Later, we hear a galloping horse. He must have lit out for town to tell folks. And soon, he'll be back here with help. Folks can't help me again, the dead. I might be surrounded by an army, and still them fingers would come a-clutching for me. Oh, God. What time you say it was when it wrenched itself off that door and come for me? Near five o'clock. Now it's almost six. An hour. It seems like a hundred years. And I never meant to hurt it. It was just an accident. An accident. You can't lie to the dead, Cash. 
You lunged at him deliberately with that knife because he came between you and me. I was drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. You were drunk when you struck your wife. Drunk when you tried to shoot me. Yes, and I'd have had a bullet in my body if I didn't move faster than you. And Chang Lu is dead. I know, I know. Oh, God, forgive me. Chang Lu, forgive me. Say, an hour ago it was still dark night. Since then, the sun's been coming up. It's nearly day. We could blow out these lamps if we didn't have the shutters drawn. Maybe that's the reason we ain't seen or heard that hand no more. Because the dead and their power is only strong in darkness. Burke, that may be so. I never thought of that. It is so. While it's light, that thing can't come for me. And by the time it's dark again, I can be so far away it won't even find me. It's only a cut-off hand <laughs> with just fingers and a thumb to pull it along. It can't follow a man on a good, fast horse. Pack your things, Sue. We're getting away from here. Oh, no. You can go, but she don't go with you. Oh, yes, she does. And before we go, Mr. Daly, I ain't finished what I started on you last night. Put down that gun, Cash. Burke's helped you, being your friend. I don't need his help of friendship now, for I know I'm safe. I know I'm safe. What? what? Something knocked on the bottom of the door. And something's moving outside the cell. It's some kind of little animal. Maybe a rat. Animals or... don't knock. It can't be. Can't be. Something white has been pushed under the door. A piece of paper. Get it. Get it. What is it? Look. There's a Chinese figure on it. Yeah. Traced in dried blood. It's the Chinese character, the six. Six? That means six o'clock. That knock again. One knock for yes. Six o'clock. It'll be that in just three minutes, and then the hand will come for me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It can't get in this house. It can't. Listen. It's pulling itself up the doorframe by my ivy vine. It can't get in here. It can't. What was that? A key turned in the lock. Well, that won't help it. This door is barred inside. Yes, you fool. But you left the key outside and it's locked us in. That won't do no harm. Listen. It's dropped back to the ground. And now it's pulling itself away. How fast it moves. Like a rabbit jumping. Maybe it's got some way to get in. You barred every outside door and shut at every window. Ah! Left. In the next room. Oh, there's a light in the hole in that shutter. It squeezed through and broke the pane. With that heavy door key. It's coming this way. Shut the door, quick. Uh, too late, it slipped by me. Get away from me. Away. Shoot it, shoot it. Oh, bullets don't stop it and it's almost six o'clock. It's got me in the corner and I can't get away. Here, keep your wits. It's only a hand. You can throw it off like it did before. <clears throat> then we'll find some way to destroy it. Burke. Good Lord. It's pulling that table cover under the lamp. The lamp is falling. Ah, the oil's on the clothes. I'm burning. You've got to save him, Burke. Even a dog can't die like that. I can't get to him. There's a wall of flame between. <laughs> the clock. <laughs> the clock. Oh, he shot himself. We must get out of here, Sue. We'll be trapped like he was, and I haven't a gun. We'll burn to death. I've got the door unbarred. Come on. Oh, I forgot this door is locked outside. Look, the hand. He dropped the key at my feet. 
I've done it, Mitch. Yeah, quit beefing. You going soft? Soft? No. no. of course not. I'm talking the old guy tonight. You didn't need to. I didn't need to. He saw us, didn't he? He could turn us in at the description, couldn't he? Ah, uh, he'd never be able to describe us. It was too dark. Ah, uh, well, Mitch Rosinski's don't take chances, see? Anyhow, you cased the joint. Why didn't you spot the burglar alarms on that safe? Safe ain't my racket, Mitch. You're the Peterman. <laughs> Knives is your racket, eh, Cokey? Slip him in a guy's ribs from the back, huh? Listen, listen. We're talking about the cooking we've done. It gives me the chills. <laughs> you yeller. Uh, it's just nerves. This rotten fog shut me down. Say, you sure you know where you're going? Of course I know. I can find it fog or no fog. We're almost there. Are you sure we're... We're going to be safe in this joint? Crops will never find us. It's old warehouse. Ain't been used for years. Swell, I know. I hope you're right. Ain't I always right? Yeah, yeah. Don't get sore. Well, how much farther? Pretty soon. We're almost there. Hey! Hey, what's that? Uh-huh, this. What is it, Mitch? It sounds like little hoofs. Uh, well, it's not. So many people sort of leave around here keep goats. Probably one of them. Yes. That thing went right past me. Hey, what's getting into you? But, Mitch, I, I felt something. I tell you, I did. But there wasn't anything there. Little hoofs close to me. But there ain't nothing there to see. Listen, Corky, in a minute, I'm going to let you have it. You're squealing like a rat. Mitch, honest, I ain't squealing. I'm scared. There's, there's something falling. Yeah, that killing we did, huh? Is that scaring you? No, no, no. Maybe it's... Ah, it's just this lousy fog. 
Paranoid. Well, don't get nervous now. We got to get away to worry about. Well, let's get off the street. Let's get up away from the river. Get with us some light. I ought to clip you, Corky. This fog was made to order. Perfect getaway. And four grand in our keys. I know, I know, Mitch. But, but little hoofs shouldn't run past the guy. With nothing to make him run. That's right. Hey, here's the block. Sure, look now in this building. We'll come to a bunch of doors close together. I don't like the looks of this layout. Yeah, what do you want, Edith? Here come your doors. Which one do we crack? Wait, I got a figure I can't remember. I think it was the third. Yeah, I know it was. You are right. The third door. <laughs> Who are you? Does that matter? Listen, guy, you start talking. Who are you? Where do you pop up from? That is not important. You are called Mitz Rosinski. And you are Cookie Donavetti. Listen, brother, you're talking out of turn. So? But we have much in common to talk about. Come on, Mitz. Let's cram. I don't like this guy's looks. Crap down, you. Listen, guy, talk fast. Now, who are you? I. That is not important. Now. Suffice to say that I have come to meet you. To take you where the police will never find you. Mets, Mets, I don't like this guy's Shut looks. Shut up, rat. No. Oh, you can hide us out, huh? No one will ever find you. Rest assured. It sounds like you've got something there, mister. But how do we know you're on the level? Are there not two of you to my one? Can it be said that the mighty Big Mitz Rosinski is frightened? Scared? Me? <laughs> I ain't scared a man of the death. I have heard that. Interesting. I'm telling you, Mitz, you're making a wrong move. Who's doing this? So how do we get this hideout of yours? You are about to enter the third door of this building. That will be as good as uh, another place. Hey, what are you trying to hand us? We're happy this joint already. Most excellent. Then the door is open. Shall we enter? <laughs> Mitz, don't tell me there's nothing phony. Look! Hey, listen, what's going on here, fella? I just tried that door and it was locked tight. And now it is open. Let us enter. Well, I ain't going in there. You know, I think this guy's got something on the ball. I think he knows some real tricks. The tricks of our trade, eh, my friend? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe we can do a little business together, huh? There is work for both of you. Oh, no, no, Mitch. I can, I can see something. Let's not go with this guy. Why, this fellow's setting us right with his mob. I have reserved prominent places for no, you. No, no, Mitch, cut me out, will Jay, you? I'm getting sick of your squealing. You get in and I'll lead the way, no, Mr. Yes, gladly. Come with me, my friend. No, no, no. Let me go back, will you, Mitch? Come on. Here's something for me here. I'm telling yeah, you. Cut it out. Why, we got a chance to be big shots with a smart guy like this. None will be closer to me. I promise you. See, Corky, I got the idea this fellow can do big things for fellows in our racket. You are shrewd, my good friend. I know exactly the things for men like you. Now, listen to that. Now, what do you think? Mitch, I'm scared. Take a good look at this guy. That's all I ask. Look at him close, will you? I look very closely. Want you to remember me. Well, you'll never see a classical guy. Look at them clothes like the swells wear. That it's class. He looks like big society. Maybe. Me, I don't like it. Hey, what's the matter with you? I ain't never seen you like this before. Hey, wait up, mister. Don't go so far ahead. Hey! Hey, where do you go? Hey, Mitch! Mitch, they're coming! They're coming after you again! It's them hooks! Mitch! Mitch! Mister! Hey, mister, where are you? 
Get out of here, will you? Hey, Mitch. Mitch, where are you? Yeah, quit your way. I'm willing to get out of here, but I can't see in the dark. I'm no cat. Oh, right away. It's here. Here, I got it. Oh, never mind. I got a little flashlight. Uh, much good in this barn. Mm. No. It is a feeble light. You? Where do you come from? I had not left. <gasps> it's him. He's a phony, I tell you. Who are you? Where do you come from? I have always been here, watching your interesting partnership. There's something for me, Mitch. Let's scram. I think maybe you're right, Porky. Hear me out. Did you not know that I have long considered myself a silent partner in your enterprises? What do you mean? This hour shall see my partnership become active. I have joined you, my very dear friends. No. No, go away from us, will you? Leave us alone. Tell us who you are. I have had many names. What does it matter? What would my name mean to you? Yet, I have told you, we are partners. Tonight, our partnership will be consummated. I will show you how strongly it can be welded. Remember the first job you did together. That's it, pal. Say, Jimmy and the windows are a cinch for you, ain't it? Yeah, you said something that time. Boy, you're sure going to be glad you teamed with me. We'll make some real dough. Yeah, better be careful on this job, though. Careful of what? This old bird ain't going to give us any trouble. I know, I know, but we got to make him talk. And we can't have a lot of racket. Yeah, we couldn't find his role, all right. Probably he hides it in his mouth. No, I went through this joint when he was out the other day. Couldn't find a thing. So you called me in, eh? Smart boy. Here we go. Quiet. When we get in, I'll jump him. What is his bed? In his room? Just to the right of the window. There's only one room in the shack. Okay, come on. Who's there? Who's there? Shut up or I strangle you. Ah, that a boy, Mitch. Now, listen, guy. I'm going to let loose of you, but remember, when you body you and your dead, remember, now. <coughs> Who are you? What do you want? What do you think we want? Corky, snap on your flash. Oh, Nick, Nick, somebody will spot us. Way out here in the country, snap it on. I can't do my best work less I can see. Okay, here you are. Yeah, as well. Are you? Where do you keep it? Keep what? Don't give me that. You know what I mean. Where do you keep your roll, your dough, your money? Money? I have no money. I'm a poor old man. <laughs> You're a poor old fool. Ah, that's it, Mitch. Let him have it. Come on, guy. Where's the dough? Honest. Honest, I have no money. Not a penny. Okay, mister. We ain't got all night. Corky? Yeah, Mitch. What do you want? You brought along some big needles, didn't you? <laughs> you know me, Mitch. Sure I did. Okay, turn on that gas plate over there and heat them up. This guy needs working on. Come on right up. Please. Please, I'm telling the truth. I haven't any money. Not a penny. Cut that out. Everybody around here knows you've got plenty of money hid somewhere. No, it's a false rumor. It isn't true. I swear it. Here's the needles, Mitch. Here you are. Hold them with a pliers. Red hot. Good. Give me. Now, you're going to tell us. Honest. I got oh, yeah? Cokie, hold his hand. Oh, a hot yeah. needle through his fingernail. Yeah. Hold him. There. <laughs> Give me that other needle. Grab him, Cokie. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Oh, please. Please. I'll tell. I'll tell. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought he'd come around. Sure, they all talk. All right, guy, quick. Where is it? Right there. Behind. 
picture. You hold him, Corky, till I see. Oh. Oh. Hey, here it oh. is, pal. That's the stuff. What'll I do now? Well, oh. he knows what we look like. Got a knife? Sure. Okay, Corky. You know how. Oh, please. Please. Don't kill me. Don't Splendid beginning to our partnership. A very well-handled job. And profitable for you, wasn't it? Who told you that? How would you know about that job? How do I know? But I was there. I watched you. Mitz, I'm scrambling out of here. I'm going to run. No. No, my friend. You will not run. Instead, we will look at more of our partnership records. We must have a full accounting. Mitz... I'm, I'm scared, Steph. Hey, Mister, why are you here all this? I know so many things. Why, don't you remember? The... <laughs> ah, cut out that racket. You ain't hurt. Oh, please. Please let me go. I've never done anything to you. Yeah. <laughs> of course you haven't. Listen, sister. We didn't snatch you because we liked your pretty face, see? We want dough, get it? Dough. Oh, but my father will pay well. Oh, if only he'll let me go. Please, I know he'll pay. I'll see that he's... Ah, uh, nuts. When we get the money from your old man, we'll let you go, and not till we do get it. I promise you that you'll get it. Shut up. That you, Mitch? Yeah. Where are you? Did you get it? Get it? Nothing. The dirty crooks crossed us up. What do you mean? I went to the spot, the vacant lot, you know. Yeah? I got up on the garage roof across the street. Nobody figures me to be up there, so I get good look around. Come on, come on. So what do you think? The place is lousy with coppers. Uh, can you beat that? You know, you know, I thought the guy had kicked through without a squawk. Don't worry. When I get through, he will. Yeah, yeah but this dame, she's awful dangerous to keep around long. We're hotter than a firecracker we'll right now. We'll just speed things up a little. But I say, let's get this. Let's knock off the babe and beat it before the coppers catch up with Not us. Not me. I got better idea. Hey, you. What? What do you want? Your old man tipped the police. Well, I can't help that. I, I wrote the note when you made me do it. Yeah, but it didn't work. We have to show your old man we mean business. Well, what are you going to do? You'll see. Cocky. You got that big knife of yours? Sure. What are you going to do? Send a little present to this babe's father. Hold her left hand, Cokie. Oh, don't. Please, let go. Oh, what are you going to do? Guess what? I'm going to send one of those pretty fingers to your old man. Oh, no. No. Oh, for the love of mercy. Please. Come on, mister. Give me a hand. Hold her arm, Cokie. Hey, what happened to her? Yeah, she's just passed out. There we are. That'll make the old buzzard think. Hey, Mitch. That ring on that finger. Let's keep it. It's worth real dough. Nothing doing. Her old man had never recognized a finger without the babe on the other end of it. But he will recognize that ring. You know we're not fooling now. <laughs> Thank you.
You handled that job very well, my friends. And when you sent the finger, no time was lost in paying you off. Remember? You made a neat sum. And what a splendid joke on the father of the girl. <laughs> she was already dead when he paid you. We didn't croak that dame. That was accident. We didn't. Of course you didn't. But blood poisoning is a fine assistant, isn't it? Ah, but we have still another of our partnership activities to be reviewed. There, ah, there you displayed an amazing ingenuity. It was a bakery, remember? A small bakery. One man ran it. A stolid old German. Too stolid, remember? But you beat him. He got nothing for his stuff. That'll hold you. Give us a battle, will you? Yes. Why not? You're asking for it, huh? Skip it. Let's get going on this safe. Yeah, but I'd like to give this mug the works. I know, I know. But there's 25 grand in that safe. Unless the newspapers are kidding us. Uh, Let's get it. Come on. Think we won't? Where's the soap? Huh? Well, don't ask me. I don't pack your rig. Hey, Cook, we ain't got to be the nitro. How are we going to blow that safe? Oh, Mets, don't tell me we're stuck now. No, we ain't stuck. Let's go talk to our friend. Hey, you. We ain't got time to fool with that. Try up. I know what I'm doing. Hey, honey, you want the combination to that safe and quick. What for? That safe is empty. Uh, what are you handing me? Listen, we'll read the papers... You had a ticket on a horse that ran third in the sweepstakes, and they paid off 25 Gs. You cashed your check and put the door in that safe. We saw it in the papers. Now, what do you say? I said to you, why not? Give it to him, Mitch. You're tough guy, huh? Look, do you give us that combination, or do we go to work on you? I don't talk. Say, you've been making donuts, huh? Frying him in that oil, huh? I do not talk to you. I... No, that grease looks pretty hot. It's bubbling. Do we get the combination, or do I drop a little of this grease on your neck? Ah, you do not scare me. Scare you? Hey, you lug, I'm not trying to scare you. Cookie, here, stretch this guy out on the table. He thinks I'm kidding. Yeah? <laughs> He's going to be awful surprised. Here. Come on. Uh, Give me a hand, Mitch. Come on, this guy's heavy. Uh, Hurry. Someday for this, you are. Yeah, we'll answer when we're spending your door. Hold his head over here, Corky. Ah, don't stall. Let him have a dipper full in the face. Ah, that ain't polite, Corky. Let's show the gent how we're going to entertain him. Here, you look. Look at that. Scalding hot. Nice, huh? How'd you like some of that on the back of your neck, huh? You gonna give us the combo? I give you nothing. Oh, well, here, let me get a dipper of this stuff. Now, let's just drop a few little drops on your neck like this. Oh. Ah. Oh. <laughs> to loosen up your tongue, sort of oil it, you might say. <laughs> well, how about doing a little chattering? Or should we yes. stick your face in it? Dying. Dine, I tell you nothing. Why not? Ah, give him the works, Mitch. Yes, but All right, mister. Now, let's do this slow, and any time you want to quit, just say so. Dine, I don't talk. I don't talk. Dine. Dine. Okay, then. Let's get a little taste of this hot grease. 
And we do this slow, see? We push down your bull head down, down, little more. Going to get the taste of that grease soon. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Now, oh, you're ready to give us that combination, huh? How about it? Hey, Matt. It was too rough. Look, the guy can't talk. He, he's fried. He oh. can't talk? Well, of all the dirt, that rat. He should have talked before I shut his face in that stuff. It's too late now. Yeah, too late. He can't give us that combo. He can't talk. But it ain't too late for this guy to find out you can't cross up Mitchell Wazinski. I'll show him. I'll show him. Get out of the way. Let me get a shoulder under that guy. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? This guy was so anxious to pry. Okay, so he'll pry. Open that oven door. Oh, this will teach you to cross me. Get in there. Yeah, you can't make it, pal. You can't, huh? I will make it. What? You were, you were shoving too hard, Mitch. I guess you busted his neck. Huh? I guess I did. Gee, fella, you uh, got to watch out for them big bits of yours. You're pretty strong. Uh, well, what's the difference? We'd have had to croak him anyway. He's seen us. He'd remember what we look like. Sure, sure. Only, only we ain't gonna get that twenty-five now. Uh, let's get out of here. Hey, Mitch, look. That safe ain't locked. Look, open just a little. Sure enough. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, <laughs> let me add it. Here it is, Mitch. It works. And some more cash, too. Ah, boy, we're in the dough. Sure we are. <laughs> Let's get good. Okay. You have a donut, Cokie. Unusual piece of work. Novel and complete. I congratulate you both. Uh, you know all these things. Who told you? I was there, my friend. Haven't I assured you yet that I am your silent partner in all these little affairs? Uh, Mitch, this guy's lying. We never saw anyone on our jobs. It is not difficult for me to make myself yes, inconspicuous. Mister, I think Corky was right. There's something funny about you. I'm beginning to feel it, too. On the contrary, you will find that I am very uh, genuine. You must come with me. You will meet your friends, many of them. Mitch, we don't want to join up with this guy's mob. I don't know. He says we got friends in his crowd. <laughs> My home is full of your acquaintances, and many more will soon be there. To keep you company. Is this on a level? To be sure. We are not without a certain honor. Eh, my friends? Tell me one guy you got with you that I know. You once had a brother. Or have you forgotten, Cookie? You mean Lefty? Oh, no. No, Lefty ain't with you. Oh, no, on account of Lefty's... Yes? Well... Well, Lefty ain't with you, that's all. I did not know you had a brother, Cokie. Oh, I haven't. Cokie and his brother quarreled, Mitz, over the spoils of a little job. There was nothing for Cokie to do but use his knife. 
How did you know that? It is my business to know these things. All right, then. If I croak lefty, how is he in your mob? You disbelieve? Very well. You will meet him soon. I don't know. I can't figure this out, but I don't think I like it. Come. We will seal our bargain. You will join me. I have places ready for both of you so that you can join me and pay me my due. What do you mean, pay you? Have we not had a partnership? And until now, I have not shared in the spoils. I don't get it. What do you mean? Oh, Mitch, we shouldn't have come here. I, I tell you, we shouldn't have. Come. We close our bargain. My hand. Take it to bind our pact. Come. Take my hand and place it on your heart. Mitch. Mitch. He ain't a mobster. Mitch, look. Look at that face. Why did I see it? Mitch, his hand. Like fire. Like flame. Who, who are you? Do you have any doubts? I am Belzebub. Or a Baden, Or Belial. But you will. Lucifer. If it pleases you, your partner, my friends, your partner in the unholiest of your enterprises. No, no, there ain't no such thing. No. no I'm leaving. Let me go. Let you, me go. You cannot leave here. From here, there is no leaving. And you have not yet met your friends. Your brother, Koki, he'll be glad to see you. Your erstwhile partner, Mitz. Kano, as his name. The marks of your huge hands are still on his throat. No, no, that ain't so. I didn't croak him. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no. He knows, though. Oh, bring me my light. My dancing light. The light that flames and sears. Here are two black souls. Coals for our fires. Two hearts to redden the flames of inferno. Who? Oh, the master calls the king of the dark angels. They welcome you. My cohorts and minions, see how quickly they answer. Listen. Ah, yes, they welcome you, my partners. Indeed, you are welcome. What is it? We're dreaming. Sure, sure, that's what we're dreaming. Cookie, look, it's red. All around us, look. The light's dancing. Cookie, what is it? What is it? The flames. The flames of hell. The flames of hell. Now, I know. You are most welcome, my partners. You are accepted into our confraternity. The confraternity of blood and blackness. Of souls damned to eternal fires. Come. Come, my friends. Hear my voice and heed it. Come. Come. Yes. Ah, yes. Willingly you come. Come with me into the depths. Where the flames are hottest. Come where you will be consumed entirely. And yet will never be consumed. First your hearts. Red for the flames. Then your night black souls. Fuel of the finest. Fire of the finest. 
Is the river bait getting too tough for you already now, huh? Uh, well, no, sir. I'm sorry to call you, Sergeant, but I didn't know what else to do. Ah, uh, that's all right, Nolan, me boy. I'd rather you'd call me than chance a mistake. Now, what is it? Well, a bum I picked up. Hysterical, babbling over a crazy story about... Uh, where is he? The squad men took him in. He was raving. Drunk. Delirium dreaming, huh? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, let me show you. It's right down here. Yeah. Where are we going? Oh, right here, this old warehouse. He was sleeping on the loading platform. Said he was waked by a, by a bright red glow. Yeah? Go on. He said he looked in the window and... Well, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but... But he said he saw the devil. Huh? Yes, I know. That's crazy, but... Well, here's the door to the warehouse. Do they all go to the old warehouse? Uh, we take the third door. I wonder how the doors in back are. This ain't been open for months. Well, you can see that. Yeah, the back doors are the same. There are no windows. This loft was used for dead storage. Well, that red glow might have been a fire. Let's take a quick gander through the place anyway here. Have you got a pass key? Oh, yes. Yes, I have one, Sergeant. Wait a minute. Careful, now, lad. What's over there? Looks like old furniture. Let's take a peek at it. Turn your flashlight on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, careful of them loose boards. No, no. You notice a peculiar odor. Ah. What is it? Well, it's kind of creepy, what with this devil business and all. It smells like burning sulfur. I didn't fall for the devil business, Tarzan, but I did figure something was... <gasps> Look! Two of them. Come on. They're dead. Sure they are. And man, look at the hole scooped in the, out of their chests... Claw marks, too. Look Claw right. marks, but, but... But, Sergeant, the flesh around the wound is burned, and it's scorched. That's devil's work. I see it, Norland. It looks like... Like a huge flame and claw reached out and scooped the hearts out of them. Sounds like you almost believe this devil's business, Sergeant. I ain't saying, lad. But look you. Maybe you can explain them marks in the dust there on the floor. Where? Right there. Those prints were made by hoofs. Cloven hoofs. Maybe you were right, lad. Maybe it is the devil's work. Devil's Due, this evening's Lights Out drama, was adapted from the idea which won first prize in the Chicago American Lights Out contest. The idea was submitted by Fred N. France, and the adaptation was made by Hobart Donovan. Devil's Due was produced by Wynn Wright. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And Lipton Soup presents Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. This is your host welcoming you in through the squeaking door. Come in, see my latest collection of corpses. I've uh, dug up some very interesting pieces. But, of course, I had to pay a stiff price. 
this petrified man, for instance, he's over a hundred years old. They found him in a forest. That's right. Aged in the woods. <laughs> My goodness, do you expect folks to believe nonsense like that? Oh, but it's true, Mary. Look over here at this artist model. The last time she posed for a sketch, she was drawn and quartered. The artist wanted to paint her with her head in her hands, but he didn't have the nerve to axe her. So he sawed her in half. <laughs> <laughs> what an imagination you have. You don't believe me. All right. I'm not going to show you my corpse collection anymore. This is the last time. Well, I don't believe that either. But talking of last times, folks, this is the last time on Inner Sanctum that the Lipton people are offering to send the ladies that special sterling silver medallion. Yes, ladies, this is your last chance to own a really lovely piece of jewelry without spending a lot of money for it. Now, let me describe the medallion to you. It's made of solid sterling silver. It's about an inch in diameter. Yes, and it's decorated with the Chinese symbol for good luck. You can wear the medallion as a necklace or a choker. You see, it's hung on a narrow black rayon satin ribbon. Or, if you wish, you can simply add it to your charm bracelet. And here's how you get this handsome medallion. Listen. Just send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's, the tea with the brisk flavor, to Lipton Tea, Box 92. That's Box 92, New York City. All right, friends. Better write that address down on a dry piece of paper. Why do I say dry? Because everything will be wet by the time we're through here. Wet with gore. <laughs> Tonight's story is called Dead Man's Debt. It's an original radio play by Robert Newman. And our star tonight is Joseph Julian, who plays the role of Danny. The corner cell in the courthouse jail. Stone walls, stone floor, and a hard cot. Lying on the cot, huddled under the blanket, is Danny Gorman. His eyes are closed and his breathing is regular. But even he is not sure whether he's asleep or awake. For he's listening to a voice. A voice he's heard quite often during the past few weeks. And a voice he shouldn't be able to hear. A voice of a dead man. Are you sleeping, Danny? Don't. It's a waste of time. Uh, a real waste. Uh -huh. You'll be sleeping for a long, long time. Very soon. When you're dead like no, I am. No, no. Yes, no. Danny. Did you think you were going to get away with it? You'll pay. And soon. No, I said no. Shut up. Shut up. What's the trouble in here? What are you making all that racket for? Better pull yourself together and get moving. Waiting for you downstairs, courts and session. Hey, don't rush me. I'm coming. I'm not rushing you. Sure glad to be rid of you. Glad you won't be coming back here again. What? What do you mean? Yeah, wind up your case this morning. Hand down a verdict before lunch. Two to one, they do it without leaving the jury box. And ten to one, it's guilty. Gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? We have. Prisoner will rise and face the jury. Go on, Danny. Stand up. What is your verdict? Not guilty. Right. You mean? <laughs> what a riot. I should have taken him up on it. Then the one he wanted to give me that you were going to send me up. But I knew it. I knew you would. <laughs> order. Order, Mr. Mr. Russell. 
You quiet your client? I apologize, Your Honor, but as you can imagine, he's been under considerable strain. Take it easy, Danny. Danny! Oh, Danny! Oh, Gail, hiya, baby! I knew it, too, Danny. I knew they'd let you go. They had to. I don't mind coming here to celebrate. It's not very fancy, but, uh... Well, this is where they picked me up, put the cuffs on me. I'm kind of sentimental about That's it. That's perfectly all right. Here's to you, Russell. You did a swell job getting me off. Well, thank you. I had probably done better if I didn't have a conscience. How come? I was assigned to your case. I had to defend you. And I did the best job I could. But it was a little hard to put my heart in it when I knew you were guilty. Not of the murder you were charged with, but another one. What? If that's supposed to be funny, Mr. Russell. It's not, Gail. Danny was charged with the murder of Carson, a well-known jeweler, whose body was found a few miles from his country house. Danny was seen in the vicinity in the company of Stack Allen, a man with a long criminal record. Now, if you remember, there were just three things that saved Danny. One, the fact that Carson was thought to have a valuable diamond on him. Danny didn't have the diamond, and it hasn't been found yet. Two, Carson was shot with a forty-five. Danny's gun was a thirty-eight, And three, Stack Allen has disappeared. Now, on the basis of these three facts, I was able to convince the jury that it was Stack who killed Carson and took the diamond. And, as a matter of fact, that's what I think did happen. Well? The DA made one mistake. He charged you with a wrong murder. I don't believe you killed Carson. But I do think you killed Stack Allen. That's ridiculous. Danny, tell him it's not true. Tell him. Shut up. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. I'm not a policeman. I'm an attorney. You're lying. No. No. You see, basically, I have great respect for the law. I believe that even though it sometimes makes mistakes, it generally corrects them. I think it'll catch up with you. In the meantime, well, that's the matter of my services. Since I saved your life, I figure you owe me a good deal. Don't worry about that. I'll pay you. Yes? How? Never mind that. I said I'd pay you. You don't have the money now. I know that. If you wanted me to, I could probably help you. I don't want any help from you or anyone else. I said I'd pay you and I will. Come on, Gail. Let's get out of here. Are you sleeping again, Danny? That's a mistake. A waste of time. You'll be sleeping for a long, long time when you're dead like oh, I am. No, Stack, no, leave me alone. I can't, Danny. Not until you pay for what you did to me. And you will pay for that. And soon. Huh? Who? Who's that? Who's there? It's me, Danny. Gail. Oh. Okay, just a second. Hello, Danny. Hi. Starting to get a little worried about you. You all right? Sure, I'm all right. What is there to worry about? Well, it's been a week since I saw you. I've been hearing things. That you were hanging around with the old gang again. With Frankie. So what? You mean it's true? Danny, you shouldn't. You know what almost happened would what would have happened if it hadn't been for Mr. Russell. Russell... You wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for him. Danny, you said you were going straight, and instead... He wanted to help you, remember? How are you, Danny? Russell. 
What are you doing here? Look, if you're worried about your dough, I told you I'd pay you. I never said anything about money, Danny. And I'm not worried about being paid. I'm a firm believer in balancing accounts. We pay for everything we do. What are you driving at? You killed Stack Allen for the diamond you took from Carson. But you never got the diamond. Suppose I help you find it. What? How do you know where it is? I don't know. I'm only guessing. But if you show me where you buried Stack's body, I think maybe we can find it together. You're just trying to trap me. Tag me with Stack's murder. I told you I was an attorney, not a policeman. Okay. Okay, I'll take a chance on it. Get your car, I'll show you. Go easy now. Turn off there to the left. Into the woods? Yeah. Just a little further. All right, go slow. Okay, now stop. I think you'd better stay here, Gail. It's not going to be very pleasant. No, it's all right. I'll come. Just as you like. Now, tell me again just how it happened, Danny. Well, we drove down here after we knocked Carson off to decide just what we're going to do. I had a feeling Stack was going to plug me so he wouldn't have to split with me. And I decided to beat him to it. He went over there. He sat down on that log. And he was playing with his ear the way he used to, pulling on it. I let him have it. I searched him, but I couldn't find the diamond. What did you do with the body? I dug a deep hole right there. I dumped a minute, and I piled wood on it, and then built a fire. And after it burned down, I covered it up. Okay. Let's get the shovels out of the car and start digging. Shovel hit something. I think it's him. Gail, will you go back to the car? No, no, I'm going to stay. I just won't look. There. There he is. At least his bones. Put your shovel under his skull and lift it uh, carefully. Hey, the diamond. The diamond's lying right underneath him. How did you know? I didn't. I told you I was guessing. You saw him take it from Carson, knew he had it with him. But you couldn't find it when you searched him. You mentioned that when he was thinking, he had a way of playing with his ear. His ear, of course. That was it. He hit it in his ear. Maybe he figured I was going to stick him up with something. Maybe. Anyway, I got it now. <laughs> We're rich. You hear, Gail? We're rich. Yes, I hear. What are you looking at me for that way? Danny, I loved you for a long time. Even when I knew there were things wrong with you. I stuck with you through the trial because I thought you were innocent. That you hadn't killed Carson. Now I hate you. I stood trial. I got off, didn't I? I paid for the diamond. And now it's mine. Yes, Danny. It's yours. But you haven't paid for it. You're only going to start paying for it. <laughs> our friend Mr. Bones again. You know, I don't mind his talking from the grave, but I wish he'd stop heckling Danny and not sound so much like a bill collector. After all, he didn't do so badly. He not only got buried, he got 
cremated, too. <laughs> yes, he paid the penalty for his crime. Yeah, but what right has he got to be so moral after he's dead? And so vain, too, wearing a diamond in his ear. Next thing you know, we'll see a skeleton walking around wearing a Lipton sterling silver medallion. That will never happen, I assure you. Is that so? Well, let me tell you about a skeleton who could fly. Now, stop. That's enough. You let me tell you about a real flyer, an American pilot, whose life was saved by the original of that sterling silver medallion that the Lipton people are offering to the ladies. Now, listen, folks, because this is a true story. It seems that a year or so ago, an American flyer had to bail out over enemy territory. Fortunately, he was rescued by Chinese guerrillas, and they gave him a medallion with Chinese letters on it. They said that this medallion would bring him safely through the lines. Well, he did get through, and only then did he learn that the letters meant good luck in Chinese. Now, there's a story to tell your friends when they're admiring your sterling silver medallion on its narrow black rayon satin ribbon. And to get this Chinese good luck charm, just like the one the flyer carried, all you have to do is send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's, the tea with the brisk flavor, to Lipton Tea, Box 92. That's Box 92, New York City. And now, friends, back to the story of Danny Gorman, who was tried for the wrong murder and who's found, so far at least, that crime does pay, and very nicely, too. It's about an hour later now, and a car with three very silent people in it has just reached the outskirts of the town. What's the matter with you two, anyway? What are you sitting there like a pair of mummies for? Why don't you say something? I said everything I had to there in the woods, Danny. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> no, nothing at all. I'm trying to pull a lily act now, Russell. Don't forget, you're in this as deep as... Hey, wait a minute. Stop right here. Yeah, that's right. In front of that hock shop. Where are you going? Inside to see a friend. Might just as well get the dough to pay you off right now. And I won't have to listen anymore to your double talk. Hello, Finney. Well, well, Danny. Haven't seen you in a long time. And I didn't think I'd ever be seeing you again. How come? Yeah, I thought that anybody who'd just beaten a murder rap would have sense enough to keep in the clear. Not get mixed up with anything hard. Or is this a social visit? Not exactly. Uh, take a look at this. Hmm. It's a very nice diamond. Very nice, indeed. What's it worth? Well, you really want to know what it's worth? You want to know what I'll give you for it? What's the difference? A great deal. It's worth, uh... Let me take another look at it. Yes, uh, it's worth ten, maybe twelve thousand dollars. I'll give you two thousand for it. What? Why, you old? What's the idea? It's very simple, Danny. You were tried for Carson's murder, and you got off because you had a good lawyer and because there wasn't enough evidence. But if you were tried again, right now, you wouldn't do so well, because this is the very best kind of evidence right here. You see, I happen to know that this is Carson's diamond. Yeah. Yes, Danny. That means that you wouldn't dare take it to anybody else. It wouldn't be wise for you even to take it out of this shop. And that's why it's very generous of me to offer you 1500 for it. 1500 But yes. you just said... Okay, Finney. Take the diamond, give me the dough. That's very sensible of you, Danny. 
Come back tomorrow about the same time. Nothing now, doing. Then. I, well, I'm taking a powder out of town. I want the dough right now. Uh, all right, Danny. Wait out there, and I'll get it for you. Seven. Twenty-one. Four. A knife, Finny. Danny, you can take a chance with a gun, not with my friends outside. <laughs> Shouldn't have driven such a hard bargain. Because now I'm not only gonna take the diamond back, I'm gonna take every cent you got in the safe. After all, it won't do you any good anymore. All right. Yeah, let's get going. You seem quite pleased with yourself. Why shouldn't I be? Get rid of the diamond and I finally got my hands on some real dough. I can pay you off now. What do I owe you? I told you, Danny. A great deal. Your life. Okay, don't build it up. What do you want in cash? I never said anything about money, Danny. There is something I want. When the right time comes, I... I think I'll get it. Just a second. Hiya, Frankie. Fine. Just a little worried about how you are. Uh, me? How come? That little job last night. Said you wanted to get in on it, then you never showed up. Thought maybe you were sick or something. Oh, that, uh... No, no, no. It was just that, uh... Well, I changed my mind. Yeah? Yeah, I kind of thought it over. I decided, uh, I better stay in the clear. Go straight from now on. That's smart, Danny. Real smart. Yeah, I think so. How'd it go? Smooth as suck. We ended up with stuff we... Well, three or four Gs anyway. Yeah, swell. Yeah. It's only after it was all over that we ran into something kind of funny. What was that? Well, the stuff was kind of hot, and we thought we ought to unload right away, so we went down to Finney's. You know, the fence. Yeah. We got there. It didn't seem like there was anyone around. I took a gander to the back room, and... You won't believe this. But the safe was open. Cleaned out. There was Finney. Dead. What? Well, have any idea who did it? I don't know. Been knifed. Whoever got him left in such a hurry, they forgot to take the knife with them. I got it right here. Well, let's, uh, let's see it. No, don't touch it, Danny. You might get your fingerprints on it, and that'd be bad. I said don't touch it. I'll try any market tricks or I'll blast you for keeps. So you were going straight, eh? You merely my double crosser. Where's the diamond? What are you talking about? Don't give me that. You think I know your knife when I see it? There's only one reason you'd go to see Fenty. To cash in on that time and you and Stack took from Carson. Well, I want it. Okay. 
Okay, Frankie, you can have it. I've been having nothing but tough luck ever since I first laid eyes on it. It's over there in my bureau, hidden under my socks. I'll get it for you. You're starting to show some sense. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> More sense than to let you leave here knowing what you know. <laughs> now, get my friend the lawyer down here. Everything will be hunky-dory. Well, you sure got down here fast, Russell. Uh, hey, what's the idea? Bringing Gail with me? I thought she might be interested in anything you might have to say to me. You said something about another case? Yeah. Look over there, in the corner. Oh. Frankie? Frankie Ring? And he's dead. You killed him? Yeah. It was self-defense. So he came down here to get me to go out on a job with him. I told him I wouldn't, that I was going straight. And he pulled a gun. There it is in his hand. See? I got my own rod from the bureau and... Well, that was that. Sound okay? Fine. You know, it ain't gonna be easy, I know. Me coming up for a second murder rap. But you can get me off. I got plenty of dough this time. I can really pay... The thing is, what do we do first? We don't do anything, Danny. There are a lot of things you can do. But my suggestion is that you call the police. Give yourself up. What? You mean you're not going to take this case? No, Danny. Why not? You fronted for me the last time. Yes, Danny, and I told you why. I was assigned the case, couldn't turn it down. Besides, you were being tried for the wrong murder. But this time, it won't be the wrong murder. It'll be the right one. This is the one I said was finally going to catch up with you. I see. Is your car downstairs by any chance? Yes. Why? I'm uh, starting to feel a little restless. Let's go places. Go ahead, march. Danny, what are you going to do? Are you kidding? You know about Stack and about Freddy. Somehow I don't think I'd sleep so good knowing that you knew. Besides that, there's one more you don't know about, Finney. I got him yesterday while you were waiting in the car. After your first three, they start to come easy, even dames. We're going to take a little ride together. But I got a feeling we're not all of us coming back. Keep driving until I tell you to stop. Right. Taking this awful quiet, the two of you. Maybe you don't think I'm going to go through with it. Oh, I think you intend to, all right. Whether you will or not is another story. So is the reason I'm taking it this way. Maybe this is as good a time as any to tell you a few things. Why I took your case in the first place. Well? It was because of Carson. He was my father's best friend. Kind of a second father. He who put me through law school. When he was murdered, I made up my mind to get to the bottom of it, find out who killed him. I didn't think it was you, and it wasn't. But you were involved. And I knew that if I helped you get what the murder was committed for, the diamond, eventually you'd pay for the murder you committed. Well, now, you've got not one, but three murders to pay for. What are you stopping for? Railroad crossing. There's a train coming. Can't you hear the bell? I told you to keep going till I said for you to stop. Okay. Hey, what's the idea? You stalled the car. Yeah. 
make sure it stays stalled. I'll just take these keys. Danny, we're right on the track. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> you fell in love, see? You ran away together, smacked into the train. Now, don't try the doors. They're locked. I'll just wait over here and make sure everything goes the way it should. Well, Gail? Somehow I'm not frightened. And I don't care. Hey, my foot! My foot! It's caught in the train! Hey, it's not coming down your track. It's coming down this one! Hey, Russell! Gail, help me! Help! Yes. He was on the wrong track. Then he'd been on the wrong track for a long time. John, what was it you said before about why you took the case? Was it true? Yes. But you always talked about payment, about something you wanted. I... I wanted justice. And I also wanted something else. Someone Danny had at first and then lost. Someone he didn't deserve. John. Yes, Jess. That's right. You. Say, what is this anyway? Inner Sanctum or Love's Old Sweet Song? You'd better get yourself another tune, Professor. Or I'd better get myself another program to haunt. That's right. One more sappy ending like that, and they can get themselves another host. Why, what was the matter with that ending? I thought it was the nicest one we've had this year. I thought it was sweet the way those two people discovered they loved each other. Listen, Mary, there's only one kind of sweet stuff that goes on this program, and that's sweet essence of cyanide. <laughs> Oh, good gracious, this is the last show of the season. Can't you be human just this once? All right, Mary, I'll tell you what I'll do. When Gail and that lawyer get married, I'll send her a Lipton Sterling Silver Medallion for a wedding present. Well, they'll have to get married real soon, then. Because this is the last time on Inner Sanctum that the Lipton people are offering to send that special medallion. Yes, ladies, this is your last chance to get a solid Sterling Silver Medallion hung on a narrow black rayon satin ribbon. A lovely piece of jewelry to wear with your simple silk dresses and with your dressy suits as well. So you'd better send for your medallion tonight. Just send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's, the tea with the brisk flavor, to Lipton Tea, Box 92, New York City. And now a word of advice, friends. Don't let tonight's story, all this business about dead men's debts, prey on your mind too much. If you should wake up at about two in the morning and hear strange footsteps coming up the stairs toward your room, don't worry. It won't be a homicidal maniac. It will probably be the ghost, the ghost of a bill collector coming to collect I owe you. <laughs> By the way, this month's Inner Sanctum mystery novel is Lay That Pistol Down by Richard Powell. Well, now it's time to close up shop until the end of August. Much too hot to go around murdering people. And down at the morgue, everybody's planning to stay on ice for the summer. <laughs> so we'll be back to haunt you on Tuesday, August 28th, with more Inner Sanctum stories directed by Hyman Brown. 
Better have that date tattooed on your chest. Tuesday, August 28th. Until then, remember to serve Lipton's. The tea with a brisk flavor, iced as your summertime beverage. And be sure to serve Lipton's noodle soup as the one hot dish with a cold meal. And now it's time to close the squeaking door. So, good night. Pleasant dreams. Mm-hmm. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> the sealed book. Once again, the keeper of the book is ready to open the ponderous volume in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. All the strange and mystifying stories of the past, present, and the future. of the book. What tale will you tell us this time? Uh, what tale shall I tell you? I have here tales of every kind. Tales of murder, of madness, of dark deeds and events strange beyond all belief. <laughs> now, let me see. Yes. Yes. Here's a tale for you. A tale of a man who stole by force the secret of immortality, of life everlasting, and entered into a mad adventure. The title of the tale is King of the World. Here is the tale as it is written in the sealed book. It is late at night and the wind howls over the desolate countryside. In the darkness, a man runs frantically through the woods, trying to elude his pursuers. I've got to shake him, or it'll mean a ten-year stretch. Stop, or we'll shoot! <laughs> <coughs> That's 
twice they got me in the same arm. Oh, here's a house with a light in it. My only chance. If I stick to these trees, they won't be able to see me. I'm almost there. Here's a door. If it's only unlocked, oh, it is. Good evening. Now listen. Now listen close. A couple of guards from the Horton estate are after me. I'll be behind this door covering you with a rod. So you haven't seen me, you understand? I understand. That must be them. Remember, any tricks, and I'll start blasting. I have no intention of being foolish. Okay, go ahead then. Open the door. Yes? What is it? There's been an attempted theft of the Horton Diamond, sir. We chased the crook this way. Have you seen anything of him? Why, no. Uh, there hasn't been anyone here tonight. Uh, we'll keep on going. Good night. They're gone now. Ah, you did all right. I'm glad you're satisfied. Hey, what kind of a place is this? All those machines, bottles and things. This is my laboratory. What are you, a professor? Yes, you might... Uh, hey, what's that? Hey, your nerves are on edge. It's only my great Dane, Caesar. Come in, Caesar. We have a visitor. Hey, what's he growling at me for? I'm sorry. He always growls at strangers. Don't like him coming towards me that way. Keep my way, will you? Come here, Caesar. He, he won't listen to you. He's going to spring. Well, this will stop him. Get him off. Take him away, will you? Here, Caesar. Here, stop it, I say. Stop it. That's better. I think I'd better put the chain on you, Caesar. Uh, did he hurt you? Look, I put three slugs into that dog. Why isn't he dead? He isn't even wounded. You must have missed. You say I missed him, do you? I won't miss him this time. Uh, I suppose I missed him that time, eh? Why isn't he dead? Well, the truth is, in this laboratory, I've created a serum that has the power to defeat death. I call it Serum L. L for life. You mean the stuff protects you from a bullet or a knife wound? In a way, yes. Swifter than the eye can see, it heals all wounds. The damage is repaired in a fraction of a second. Yeah. My serum is what protected Caesar. A shot of that stuff and you can't be killed. It sounds screwy, but that dog. Four slugs and not a mark on him. Look, Professor, I'm going to make a deal with you. A deal? Yeah. I'll let you keep on living if you'll give me a shot of that serum. But that's impossible. It hasn't been perfected what yet. What do you mean it hasn't been perfected? It saved the dog, didn't it? Yes, of course, but... I'm still in the experimental stage. I don't know how long the serum is effective or the condition in which it leaves the body after it has worn off. You're wasting time, Professor. I'd hate to have to persuade you. I see. You understand the responsibility is all yours. That's all right, Professor. You let me do the worrying. Now, come on, let's have a shot of that stuff. Very well. If you roll up your sleeve. Sure. I don't try pulling a fast one, Professor. It won't be healthy. May I ask why you're so anxious to have my serum? Any guy in my racket who can take a slug and not feel it would be top man. I see. Just hold still a moment. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> That's all. Hey, my wounds. They're gone. Boy, there isn't even a mark on my arm to show where they were. I told you it healed faster than the eye could see. Yeah. It's like a miracle. Think of it. I can't be killed. Nothing can stop me now. I can move in on all the rackets and take them all over. 
Yes, sir, I'll be king of the world. Hello, Duke. What do you want to see me about? I'm kind of busy. I won't take up much of your time. I'm after a job. Well, I'd like to give you one, but I have a room for another man. You're wrong. There's one job in your racket that's going to be open soon. Yours. Mine? Yeah. <laughs> Duke, you've got a funny sense of humor. Yeah, I know. But this is one time I'm not kidding. You better be kidding or it might not be healthy for you. I don't have to worry about my health anymore. You'd better go while the going's good. I like it here. You're the one who's leaving. Right now. You haven't got a gun, Duke. The boys saw to that. <laughs> and I have. You're a little nervous, aren't you, Williams? Stay where you are. I'll let you have it. I don't scare easily. Not anymore. You ask for... <laughs> Couldn't have missed. I won't this time. <laughs> don't seem to be able to stop me, Williams. I shot you. I tell you, I shot you. Why did you fall? <laughs> oh. oh, it can't be. I put six bullets into you. Why did you fall? Your gun is empty now, Williams. It's just you and me. No, don't, don't. I'll do anything you say. Stay away, please. <laughs> Too bad, Williams. You should have resigned when I gave you the chance. But you would be stubborn. That's what they'll all get if they stand in my way. Come on in. <laughs> I'm just totaling up the take for last month. Gonna be quite a haul. Ah, Duke, you're headed for trouble. You've been expanding too fast, stepping on too many people's toes. They don't want to get stepped on. They better stay out of my road. <laughs> they tried to bump me off a half a dozen times in the past month, and I'm still alive. Yeah, Duke, what is it that keeps you up even after they put a dozen slugs into you? Your job is to carry out my orders, not to ask questions. Oh, I, I didn't mean anything by it. I hope you didn't. Now, look, I want you to pick up a fast car. We're going after the Horton Diamond tonight. The Horton Diamond? Yeah. Ah, oh, Duke, that's suicide. We're cleaning up right here. Why risk our necks on a dangerous job? Because I want the Horton Stone. The way I got it figured, we can't miss. Remember, their guns can't stop me. Sevening the best you can get out of this car. I got my foot down to the floor now. Hey, look at that diamond, Mike. Isn't it a beauty? Think of it. I got a half a million bucks right in my hand. Yeah, a lot of good it's gonna do us if we don't shake that police car. Yeah, you're right. They're hanging on. We gotta shake them. Uh, there's nothing more I can do. I'm pushing this crate as fast as it'll go. All right, look out for this curve. We're taking it too fast. Hey, I can't control look it. Look out, we're going over there. must have been doing all of 70 when they crashed. Yeah. They'll sure have a hard time identifying this guy behind the wheel. What a mess. What about the other guy? Let's have a look. Say, there isn't a mark on him. 
He's unconscious, but he doesn't appear to be hurt at all. But he must be after a crash like this. Take a look for yourself. I tell you, this guy is going to live. Uh, a lot of good it'll do him. After killing two guards of the Horton estate, he's headed to the electric chair. And now, to go on with the story of the king of the world, as it is written here in the sealed book. Duke Farson, having been duly tried and sentenced for the murders he committed, is being strapped into the electric chair. <laughs> Warden, you're wasting your time. This isn't the last mile from me. I'm one guy you can't fry. All right, Richards, we can proceed now. <clears throat> Will you examine the body, Doctor? Sorry to disappoint you, Warden, but I'm not dead. But you must be. No man has ever lived through it. I'm not like other men, Warden. You can't kill me. Richards, unstrap the prisoner from the chair. What's happened must be due to a mechanical defect. That must be it. Uh, you look a little pale, Warden. Uh, it's good to get out of that chair. It's not very comfortable. But why are you all backing away from me? You afraid I'll hurt you? I'll just take this gun. Uh, that's better now. All right, Warden. Start marching. You're going to lead me to freedom if you want to live. <laughs>
Let me in, Joe. Quick. That's better. Hey, you look as though you'd seen a ghost, Joe. The papers are full of stories about your escape. They say the juice was turned on, and yet when it was over, you got up and walked away. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I told him I was one guy too big to be killed. Look, Duke, I can't afford any trouble with the cops. You know I'm a three-time loser. Shut up. I'm still giving orders. You'll do as I say. The cops can only send you up for life. I can do worse. Don't talk like that. Duke, you know you can count on me. I'll do anything you say. Yeah, you'd better. I'm going to hole up here for a couple of weeks until the heat's off. Meanwhile, I'm going to make plans, big yeah. plans. I'm bigger than just being the king of the underworld. If I organize things right, there's no reason I can't use the underworld to take over the rest of the world. Yeah, that would make me king of the world. Wouldn't be hard to either. Why is that clock so loud? I can't even hear myself talk. What clock? There isn't any in this apartment. Are you deaf? Can't you hear it? No, Duke, honest. I don't hear a thing. You must be imagining things. I don't know. I don't hear it so loud now either. Yeah, I guess maybe it was my imagination. Yet I could have sworn. Well, never mind. I got other things to think of. Big things. Why don't you sit down, Duke, and take it easy? I'm tired of sitting. Three weeks in this rat trap is enough for anyone. I've had about enough. The heat's on as big as ever, Duke. I never saw them as anxious to get anyone. Every time I go out, I expect some dick to trail me back to this hideout. Suppose you let me do the worrying, Sure, huh? sure. I, I was only talking. Uh, have you been having any more of those attacks lately? I'm okay. Stop talking about it. It's bad enough without having to be reminded about it. I don't want to hear... Hey, what's that? What, Duke? That buzzing sound keeps growing louder and louder. I don't hear nothing. Listen, you must hear it. It's a fly. Yeah, and it's getting louder. I tell you, I can't stand it. Fly? Yeah. I don't hear it. Wait, there's one over there flying around us crack. Well, do something, will you? I can't stand the noise. It's driving me crazy. Take it easy, Duke. I'm doing my best to kill it. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, thanks, Joe. It's gone now. For a while, I thought I'd blow my top. Maybe you'd better see a doctor, Duke. You've been getting these attacks more and more these past three weeks. Ah, no doctor can do me any good. There's only one man that can help me. Who's that? That's the professor. You, uh, you remember me, don't you, Professor? Yes, of course. I've been reading quite a bit about you in the papers lately, Mr. Farson. Uh, your serum was all right, Professor. It saved me from being electrocuted, but... I don't know, these last three weeks, something's happened, and I don't like it. Mm, suppose you tell me about it. I keep getting attacks. Maybe I'm listening to the radio, everything's fine. Then all of a sudden it grows louder, as though someone was turning it on full blast. Mm -hmm. It pounds on my head until I think I'm going crazy. Professor, I, I can't stand it. You've you got to help me. You recall that when you asked for my serum, I told you it hadn't been perfected? Well? That I didn't know what effect it would have on the human body? Yeah, yeah, I know, but you, you gotta help me now. I, I can't go on this way. 
I keep waiting for the next attack. Each one is worse than the last. You remember my great Dane Caesar, don't you? Yeah, sure. He tried to take a piece out of my throat, didn't he? I'll open this trap door. You can see him in the cellar. Huh? <laughs> there he is, Mr. Farson. Well, what's wrong with him? Why does he keep whining like that? Caesar, too, received an injection of the serum, Mr. Farson, six months before you received yours. Yeah? Now, every sound he hears is a hundredfold greater. I'm speaking to you in normal tone of voice. Yet to Caesar, I'm shouting unbearably loud. You, you mean that... Caesar has passed into a condition where every sound is sheer torment. To be quite frank, he went insane three months ago. Oh. Well, why don't you kill him? Put him out of his misery. You forget, Mr. Farson, that the serum still protects him from death. He can't die. And is that... Is that what'll happen to me in a few months? Yes. I'm sorry to say. But, Professor, there must be something you can do. Maybe you got another serum, huh? Anything. I've got money. I'm sorry, but uh, it isn't a question of money. I can offer you no help. I can't go on this way, waiting for each new attack. And then in the end, if only there was an end, if only I could die. Possibly there is a way out. There is? Tell me. I'll do anything. Well, as you know, my serum can prevent death from a dozen bullet wounds. But there might be one way its great healing powers could be defeated. Yeah, which way is that? If you were to use an explosive, a powerful explosive, you might blow yourself up into so many pieces that the serum would no longer be able to defeat death. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. One of the mob once had an accident with Nitro. They never found a trace of him. Yeah. Yeah, Nitro. That would do the trick. Yes, quite possibly. If the attacks continue and they're beyond endurance, it may be your one way of escape. My, my one way of escape? Once I thought that with your serum, I'd come to rule the world. Now I'm looking for a way out of it. Expecting someone else? No, no, of course not. What are you so jittery about? Who, me? Yeah. I'm okay. What did the guy you went to see say? He can't help me. No one can. What are you going to do, Duke? There's nothing I can do but wait. Maybe, maybe he was wrong. Maybe I won't get them attacks anymore. After all, just because it happened to the dog doesn't mean that... I... Hey, what's that? That, that steady pounding... It's growing louder and louder. Must be another attack. I, I can't stand it. It keeps pounding, pounding, louder and louder. Maybe it's the faucet in the kitchen. It's been leaking lately. I'll have a look at it. I can't go on this way. I tell you, I can't. It's gone now, but there'll be another attack. And then another. The faucet was leaking. I just turned it off. Was that what was troubling you, Duke? Yeah. It's no use. I can't go on this way, waiting for it to happen all the time. And then ending up like that dog. What dog? Never mind. Get out the car. We're going on a little trip. Trip? Yeah. Where to, Duke? Upstate to the old hideout. I'm going to try to take the one way out. <laughs> Thank you.
won't you tell me what we come to this old place for? You'll see. Come on. What are you looking around for? Nothing. Nothing at all. Have you got the shovel? Yeah. Won't you at least tell me what we need the shovel for? You're going to do some digging for me in the cellar. Is there something buried in the cellar? Yeah, nitro. All right, here's the cellar door. Nitro? You mean that's what's buried down there? Yeah. We stored it here for safe-cracking jobs. Now I got a better use for it. You are going to get me to dig it up. It'd be suicide. You saved this gun, don't you, Joe? You haven't much choice. Now start down those steps. But... I can't see. It's, it's pitch dark down here. That's okay. Just feel your way down the steps. We get to the bottom, I'll light a candle. Dude, please don't make me... Keep going. Duke, that was the bottom step. What about lighting the match? Okay, just a second. I've got one here. Grab him, Ross. I got his gun. I got him. Let go of me. I got to reach that nitro. Let's go. Get him, coppers. Get him or he'll blow us all over. Ah, you rat. You squealed on me. Hold that light on him, Jordan. Hold that. Slip the cuffs on him. I got him. You've got to let me get to the nitro. It's the only way I can die. He's as crazy as a loon. Yeah. A place for this guy's in a padded cell. Farson, in you go. All right. uh, there. Uh, you won't be able to hurt yourself in that nice padded cell. All right. And you won't be able to hear any of those loud noises again, no, either. No, no noises. There aren't any radios or watches or automobile uh, horns that can bother you in that cell. Uh, it's guaranteed 100% soundproof. <laughs> now be a good boy. Oh, you, you gotta let me go. I want to die, do you hear? You can't let me live and suffer these attacks. Let me out of here. Let me out, do you hear? I can't stay. Oh, it's starting again. Another attack. It's growing louder and louder. A steady pounding. Oh, it's my heart beating. Growing louder and louder. I can't stop it. I can't stop it. I can't stop it. is the story of the king of the world as it is written in the sealed book. Years have passed, but Duke Ferguson is still locked up in the padded cell. Day and night he begs to be executed, and yet at the same moment he knows he can't die, that the serum in his blood has given him immortality and sentenced him to a life filled with torturous sounds from which there is no escape. There is no escape. It is so written here in the sealed book. But the sound of the great gong tells me I must close the great book once again. One moment, keeper of the book. What story from the sealed book will you tell us next time? Next time? <laughs> what shall it be? A tale of madness? Of terror? of dark deeds in far lands, for I have them here, all the stories that ever happened, and many that have yet to come to pass. But I'll find one for you in just a moment.
And now, keeper of the book, have you found the story you'll tell next time? Yes, yes, I found one. It's a story about a ruthless man who put money above all and wouldn't stop at murder to achieve his ends. The title of the tale is Death Spins a Web. Be sure to be with us again next time when the great gong heralds another strange and exciting story from... (laughs) The Sealed Book. The Sealed Book, written by Bob Arthur and David Cogan, is produced and directed by Jock McGregor. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Today's Quiet, Please story, written and directed by Willis Cooper and featuring Ernest Chappell, is called Bring Me to Life. Let me alone. Yeah? This is Hank Viscardi. Hello, Hank. How are you today? Where's your script? Oh, I've just got three more pages to go. I'll get it into you this afternoon. Oh, be sure you do, will you? We're sitting here waiting for it. Don't worry, Hank. I'll get it in all right. No kidding now. We've got to have it today. All right, all right, you'll get it. Okay, I'll wait for you. All right, I'll see you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you. I'll see if I get an idea. Got no more idea than a rabbit. (laughs) Page one. Yeah, that's a start. See, what I need's a character. Character, character. Come on, character. Have you got three dollars? No, I haven't got three dollars. What do you want three dollars for? The milkman. You had some money last night. Well, I got 80 cents. Thanks. Uh, listen, Ruthie, give me an idea for a character. I haven't got any ideas for characters. Haven't you really got three dollars? He's been here twice. Give him a check. What I want's a character for this script. The only one I can think of now is the milkman. You get to work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, get to work. Sure, sure. If I get a character, I'll get to work. That's all I need. Then I'll get a story, all right. I think. Come on, guys. 
character. Come on, character. Eh, now what you want. I said I haven't got three dollars. Oh, come on in, Ruth. What are you... What's the matter with you? Come on in, I said... Ruth! You calling me? Didn't you knock at this door? Are you crazy? Well, I thought I heard somebody. All right, all right. Doggone it, I must be going. Now, I didn't write that. How did that get on that paper? Bring me to life. I didn't write that. No, I did. typewriter. Well, what about well, it? Look, look, what's on the paper? Bring me to life. What's strange about that? Well, I didn't write it. What? Are you... Look, look. See what it's doing? Underlining those words. How are you doing that? I'm not, I tell you. Look, I said I didn't write it, and the typewriter just said, no, I did. Well, who is it? I don't... C-H-A-R-A-C-T-E-R. Character. Now, look. This is a gag of some kind. How are you doing I tell it? you, it isn't a gag. That, that typewriter's haunted. This is impossible now, I tell you. It is, huh? Well, look at it. Bring me to life. You see? All right, smart guy. It's a great trick. How do you do it? Ruth, I swear to... I swear I'm not doing it. You are, too. Look, now, wait. Wait a minute. I'll go way over here, and you'll see. Now, it'll write. It'll write. Watch now. I knew it was a gag. Listen, I've got housework to do. Now, you go on and get that script written. Oh, go on, Ruth, I... I have to think up a character first. There it goes again. It says me, 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 me. All right, there's your character. Write about him. Do you really suppose that... Now, look, darling. I've been married to a writer long enough to believe almost anything. I don't know how this is done, but it's worth trying, isn't it? Well, I don't like to monkey with things oh, like that. don't be silly. Well, it's... Wait a minute. It's one thing to write about supernatural things. It's... Well, it's another to experience them. Huh. You've always been wishing you had a typewriter that'd do your scripts for you. Now you got it. Go ahead. Well, yes, but... Uh, how do I know who this is? Who? Well, this character or whatever he is. Well, you decide. You bring him to life. Go ahead. Who should he be? Well, a pirate. Uh, I don't know anything about pirates. Hmm? What? It says, I do. Go ahead. I don't like it. Go ahead. Unless this is a gag. It's no gag. Right. 
well. It was a dark and stormy night. What's that? Sounds like thunder. My gosh, does this thing control the weather, too? Go on. Write some more. This is getting interesting. Well, I... All right. Nothing's happening. What did you write? Here. Read it. The pirate ship scudded through the roaring waves, all her sails straining under the howling wind. Do you smell anything? Smell? Yeah, I sure do. It smells like the ocean. Go on, read some more, Ruth. I I think I know how this works now. Well, what do you mean? I think you have to read it to make it happen. Well, you read it then. Uh, no, you. I, I don't want to read it. I'm scared. I don't like it either. Look, the typewriter. It says, read it. Well? Well, uh, Captain Jabez Thorne... Scourge of the Spanish Main. Scourge of the Spanish Main slowly climbed the steps of the companionway. Uh, companionway? There's, there's somebody coming up the stairs. You know there aren't any stairs in this house. Oh, read some more. And flung open the door. Oh! He... Gazed on the wild scene for a second and drew his cutlass. What? What's that? My Swedish crystal vase. It, it fell down. He knocked it off with that that cutlass or whatever it is. That vase cost forty-two dollars. Well, I couldn't help it, honey. You do something about it. Oh, my beautiful vase. And there isn't another one like it in the world. Well, what can I do? For gosh sakes, honey, I can't help. Wait a minute. Wait. He returned the cutlass to its scabbard. You see? That doesn't bring back my vase. Well, listen. He turned to the beautiful girl at his side. Hey, don't read that. And put out his arm. Oh, what? hands. What? What's the matter? Hands. Great big hands. Oh. Ruth, what's happening? Mm. Ruth. Somebody kissed me with, with whiskers. <laughs> No, no. Stop you. Ruth, stop. I'll stop him. There's your pirate. Oh, Ruth. Well, my friends... That all happened a week ago. Sure, it really happened. No, I haven't got any explanation for it. 
All I know is that that stuff appeared on my typewriter. All the other things happened just the way you've heard them. And Ruth made the pirate disappear when she tore up the sheet of paper. All I know is it gave me a good idea for a story about a pirate, and I wrote it. People thought it was swell. And here it is deadline time again, and me without an idea again, and... Any minute that Hank Viscardi will be on that phone again asking for my script. <laughs> you see? Getting psychic. So, okay. Hello, Hank. How did you know it was me? I always know when it's script day. I've only got about three pages to go, Hank. When do I get it? Tomorrow morning for sure. Okay. See that you do. Okay, Hank. You get it. You get it. Here we go again. Here we go again. Oh, me, what do I write about this time? Oh, no. No, not about pirates again. <laughs> now, let me think. No, that's not for me. I, I don't like love stories. People don't want war stories. Uh, how about a whodunit? Uh, a crime story, uh, a murderer, detective, spies, maybe. Calling all cars. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could do that. Uh, awful lot of whodunits on the networks, though. One more won't hurt him. Let's go. And now for a character. Character. I wonder. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sure, she's asleep after the way she murdered my pirate. <laughs> you know, this could turn out to be a great racket. Have your characters write your stories for them. <laughs> the only thing is, you have to be careful what I put down on paper. Don't want to find myself getting choked to death by somebody I brought to life. Hey, hey, what am I saying? Well, let's see what happens. Page one. You know, you don't have to believe this, friends. <laughs> I'm not so sure I'd believe it either, even though... I've been mixed up with supernatural stories for so long, I guess I'm a sucker for them. Maybe all that didn't happen. Maybe Ruthie and I dreamed it. The only thing is, two people don't usually dream the same dream at the same time, you know. <laughs> and that Swedish crystal vase of hers is sure busted... You know, I didn't do it. That didn't happen. Maybe Ruthie and I dreamed it. The only thing is, two people don't usually dream the same dream at the same time, you know. And that Swedish crystal vase of hers is sure busted. You know, I didn't do it. Okay, hypnotism, maybe. Okay, hypnotism or something. And I'm going to 
try it again. Sure, just relax. But we'll see who'll do the laughing, huh? Me or you? How's your imagination? Mine's all right, thank you. So shut up a minute while I try this. Uh, just keep quiet and let's see what happens, okay? Hey, character. Character. Come on, character. Come on, character. What? No, I did that. It wasn't the character. I just wrote, are you there? Let me see if he answers. Come on, character. I need a story. You helped me the other day, character. Help me now. Come on, come on. Come to life. Character, you hear me? Come on, pal, I need help. Don't be mad at me. Pirate? Romantic guy. Well, a soldier. Chump. So I can't pull a character out of the air like that. Okay. So go on and laugh. I'm sorry. And if you were sitting around waiting in the country at this time of night, all alone, your wife's sound asleep, and this is the only light in the house, and you've got to write a supernatural story before morning. Try it sometime, friend. Well, just keep quiet and let me try to work, huh? You got nothing to do but listen to the radio. How'd you like to have to write those things you listen to, huh? In the middle of the night. All alone by yourself. Okay. Quiet, please. Listen to this. <clears throat> I am alone. I am alone in a great dark house with only the weird wail of the wind and the whispering willows. Uh, you think that's too much alliteration? Weird wail of wind, whispering willows. I kind of like it. In the whispering willows to keep me somber company. That's okay, huh? Maybe I'll get a story yet. Just keep quiet. I sure wish that character would give me a hand, though. Now, what could happen to a guy sitting here like I am? Let's see. What could happen? Uh, could be a ghost? Nah, nah, no ghost chains clanking and stuff, corny sound effects. No, no. A burglar. Well, Burger might be good. Uh, I wouldn't know what to do about a burger, though. We haven't got anything worth stealing around here. Besides, burglars are kind of corny, too, aren't they? You know, uh, you always think of a fat guy in a mask with an old-fashioned dark lantern and a bag over his shoulder. Uh, like those fellas uh, they draw on codgers. Uh, what's the name of the fellow that does it? Larry Reynolds? Uh, the big fat guy in the little old one. <laughs> now, burglars are funny. 
Burglars are out. Well, what then? Who comes sneaking into your house in the middle of the night? Let me see. Let's see. Hey, uh, what about an escaped convict? An escaped convict? That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. You can do a lot of things with an escaped convict. Guy's wife asleep. You know, a desperate character. I could have left the door unlocked. He could have sneaked in. I'd never know it. He could be looking over my shoulder right now. Hey, stop that. Scare myself to death. Hey, this will be all right. This will be all right. He, uh... Let's see. He could have sneaked into Ruthie's room. Oh, did I wake you, Ruthie? I'm sorry. Talking to myself. Ruth! darling. Where's the light? Never mind the light, mister. And you shut up right now. I said shut up. Quiet now. Stop it. Stop it. And I won't hurt you. Now stop. You, you hurt my husband. He'll be all right now. Just keep quiet a minute. Who are you? Ma'am, I just crashed out of the big house, as they say in the movies. You, I'm an escaped convict, ma'am. And for your information, I am a pretty desperate escaped convict. Where's your husband keep his clothes? What? I'm still wearing the clothes the state thoughtfully provides for convicted murderers, ma'am. And they're rather conspicuous. I need a change. Which is his closet? You you killed him? No, ma'am, I didn't kill him. But I may do that yet if I don't get a little cooperation out of you. Oh, let me out. No, you just sit there and tell me where to find his other suit. Where's the light? Hmm. You're very pretty. Let me go to my husband. No, darling. No, I got other plans for you. Is uh, this his closet? Uh, oh, yes. Nice little suit. Yeah, I, I like this one. Yeah. Uh, a little on the large side for me, but you can shut your eyes while I change. Uh, I'll need a shirt, too. What are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you. First, I'm going to get into this nice, new, oversized suit of clothes. Let me see if he's all right. Sorry. Hmm, Nice shirt. Sorry, no, I don't think he's dead. And uh, even if he is, he can't hang me more than once, you know. Please, please. Be still. I said be still. Listen, ma'am, don't be misled because I'm treating you nicely. I am really a very rough person. You might have read about me in the papers. Oh, please, won't you... No. Now, shut up or I'll have to shut you up. What are you... As soon as I get these clothes adjusted, I'm going to leave here, ma'am. Well, then can I... And I'm going to take you with me. No. You see, they're out after me already and they want me pretty badly. They have rifles and shotguns, ma'am, and they won't hesitate to use them. That is, unless there's a lady present. You see? Now, now a necktie. You're not... Shh, please, please. Hmm. Nice tie, this. Very nice. Uh, You see, if I might be so crude, I intend to take you along for a kind of shield, ma'am. The boys won't shoot, you understand, if there is a possibility of putting a bullet through you. So I suggest you get up and get a coat or something. It's getting quite a lot cooler out. I said get up 
I won't. Ma'am, you better. Please let me see my husband. I told you it'd be all right. And if you're a good girl, you might get back to him one of these days. If you're not... uh, Does your husband wear hats? If you're not, you might not. Come on. Get up. I won't... I suppose it was Ruth screaming that brought me back through the darkness to a kind of semi-consciousness. The light was still on in her room. I could hear them talking. He's still out cold, man. I kept my eyes shut. I, I don't know why. I suppose I ought to have got up and helped Ruth. But I was still pretty groggy. I just lay there. I could hear them. Come on, come on, ma'am. I haven't got much time to waste. I'm not going. I, I got my eyes open just a little then, and I could see Ruth with her heavy coat thrown around her, and... He had her by the hand, and he was pulling her toward the door. Come on, come on, come on. No, no. Come on. Seemed to be a long time before I could get up on one elbow. My head hurt. I wasn't sure what happened. Ruth was gone. Who was the man I saw dragging her away? I, I tried to think. Finally, the fog cleared away enough so I could figure out what to do. Seemed hours later that I got to my feet. I staggered out to the other room where I'd been working at my typewriter. I should do something I knew. But what should I do? My mind wouldn't work. I wanted to go after them, but something stopped me. Something wouldn't let me go. I didn't know what it was. Something was making a noise through the ringing in my ears. Was it? And at last I recognized the sound. It was my typewriter. I fell down as I staggered across to it. I, I crawled the rest of the way, forced myself to look at the paper. My keys were tapping away, and slowly, painfully, I read the words Bring me to. Life. Bring me to life. Bring who to life? Me, 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 said the typewriter. Me, me, me. And at last, my pirate. Come on, pirate. And the typewriter clacked away. Hurry. Hurry. Hurry, it said. Painfully, oh, so painfully. I got one hand on the keyboard. The letters were blurred. But I found them. The pirate comes in. Draws, cutlass, sees, enemy, goes to rescue through French window, pursues enemy, enemy frightened, wife knows, rescue coming, pirate, raises cutlass.
Yeah, I'm on bail now. On bail? It was, it was pretty hard to explain a dead man wearing my clothes in my garage. Dead from the wicked, slashing blows of a great sword, a, a cutlass. Hard to explain. It's impossible. You believe it? I believe it. Ruth believes it. And that's the whole story. Thanks, character. Good night, character. You have listened to Bring Me to Life, a quiet please story written and directed by Willis Cooper. The man who talked to you was Ernest Chappell. Dad Ruth was played by Helen Marcy. Walter Black was the murderer. The man on the telephone was Warren Bryant. The music was composed and played by Gene Brazo. And the character? And now for a word about next week's Quiet Please. Here is our writer-director, Willis Cooper. Next week's story is called A Mile High and a Mile Deep. It's a story about the copper mines in the mountains above Butte, Montana, and the people who work there. And so, until next week at this time, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. This program came to you from New York. This is the world's largest network, the Mutual Broadcasting System. Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing is your store for quality, distinctive t-shirts. These are eye-pleasing, pre-shrunk cotton tees for men, women, and children in all sizes with wide-ranging designs. Go to plclothing.store to view our vast selection. Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing. Get quality or less at plclothing.store. Make First Trade your first choice when it comes to investing. I've been using First Trade for years, and I love the fact that you free yourself from commissions with $0 online trades, and there's no hidden fees. You get a full suite of products. You can trade stocks, ETFs, options, fixed income, and over 11,000 mutual funds. And here's the part I like best. I can trade on the go. Seize opportunity no matter where you are with First Trade's Android and iPhone mobile apps. So keep those commissions in your wallet and maximize your gains by making First Trade your first choice for investing. Get more information from krobcollection.com and get free stock market trading with First Trade. First Trade, your first choice for free stock trading. Sign up today at krobcollection.com. 
From the K-Rob Collection, this has been Audio Antiques, a program featuring shows from the golden age of American radio. I'm Ken Robinson, and our email address is audioantiques at hkrmail.com. Our music is by hbeats at hbeats330 at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and feel free to subscribe to Audio Antiques from the K-Rob Collection. 